With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, I'm Mike. And I'm Nat. We are Glorious Schlack, and we talk about movies and video games and all sorts of other stuff. And probably Star Wars, too. Yeah. So definitely thank you for listening, and please tune in. All right, episode five. COVID edition, because we're packed in a tight room with a bunch of people. Yes, we are not social distancing. We're all going to get sick. We're all wearing masks, but we all licked the doorknobs and touched (laughs) all the microphones. Mm -hmm. Because in honor of Rudy Gobert, once again testing positive, the man who shut down America in 2020, there we go. There's our introduction. History repeated itself. So, uh, where should we start? Should we start with the Matrix? Uh, well, let's start with introductions of the other people. So oh, that yes, that's right. We have some guests with us. Yeah. So, uh, guests that we have mentioned on the show before, though. Yes. Well, yeah, yeah. We've definitely mentioned both of these people. Oh, yes. really? Really? Oh. <laughs> I like how we, that's two different reactions. Like, really? And then, really? <laughs> yes. Okay, so, so um, let's start with you. Hi, I'm Monica. Uh, Monica is, is my uh, concubine. <laughs> Excuse me? <laughs> I'm sorry. The, that was my phone saying that was a bad joke. Yeah, that was a really <laughs> bad joke. Uh, you know, Monica is is my uh, is my significant uh, girlfriend. Absolutely. But let let's get to our let's get to our awkward friend. Yeah, uh, I'm Connor. I'm the awkward friend, and hopefully, I won't scare away your entire audience. Yeah. Oh, hey, if we haven't done that already, there you're fine. Well, I think we did mention the first episode when we mentioned uh, the predator that he's our super weapon. <laughs> <laughs> yes. If we learn anything from the predator, Connor is our super weapon. Autism yeah. is the next step in oh, the evolutionary God, chain. Told me about that. Yes. <laughs> yes. And uh, speaking of trolling the audience potentially, let's talk about the Matrix. Oh God. Um, okay. Um, I worked. Oh, I still good. haven't decided if I like it or not. Oh, I love it. See, I'm, uh, yeah, I, I'm kind of on that level, too, where I I kind of love it, but I can't decide if it's a good thing or a bad thing. Yeah. Um, like, I got, I kind of got, like, because I, I know, like, um, Red Lar Media compared it to, like, Gremlins, too, and I definitely see that. But it's funny because the main thing I thought of when watching it was like Freddy got fingered. <laughs> it was definitely like, really goofy. I mean, yeah. I don't remember the third Matrix movie, but I recently watched the two, and so I was okay. kind of expecting something a bit more serious. 
Yeah, and, and it that's the thing. It's like it has that whole vibe to it where it's it's like, is this a joke? Is this Lana Wachowski just fucking with everybody and basically just you know, taking a, a bag of jewels, you know, to reference uh yes. Freddie Godfinger, you know. <laughs> she she took a two hundred million dollar bag of jewels and just trolled everybody. <laughs> or was she trying to have her cake and trying to have her cake and eat it too? Where it's like, yeah, there is the meta thing, but there is a um is it trying to be serious? Because uh, I got to be honest, like the the actual story, the, the literal story, what it's about, really kind of bored me. Oh, it's garbage. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And, it, and and the action is bad. And it's, yeah. But again, it's like, is that the point? Is it supposed to be bad? So we're gonna get into spoilers in a second. But Monica recently reminded me when we were talking about this. Mm-hmm. Um, Festivus is uh, <laughs> December twenty third, and this came out December twenty second. So I think it's I think it's perfect timing that Lana Wachowski was airing her grievances with this movie. <laughs> there you go. And there was so much more of it than just like the obvious, like explicit, yeah. Our parent company, <laughs> Warner Brothers. I mean, I, there were moments like that where I laughed out loud just because of how like audacious they were. Like it was, it was like I respected the guts to actually say something just so like over the top like that mm-hmm. and explicit, but like it. It was over the top. It was kind of, like, ridiculous. And, and the, there is a bit of a tonal shift. I, not a bit. There's a huge tonal shift once you get past that first act. And Neo is out of the Matrix, and it becomes a bit more of a serious sequel to the Matrix trilogy. And that's where it kind of lost me. Where it's, I, I began to wonder, like, okay, is it trying to be deliberately bad? Or, um, uh, another thing I thought of when watching it was the, um... You mean, like, Freddy Got Fingered, where it's deliberately trying yes, to be bad? Yeah. Or, uh... I mean, again, you can say Gremlins, too. Also, the Hangover sequels. Where, Oof. uh... What's his name? Todd Phillips? Right? Yeah. Yeah, where he did not want to make those movies. So you get the second one, where it, he basically copy-pastes the script from the first one. I think well, they even say in the script there, like, oh, this is exactly how it yeah, happened in the first yeah, one. Yeah, but but the second one has, like, that weird, again, like, Freddy Got Finger, it has, like, that weird sort of angry tone to it. Yeah. And, and it's just, like, so disgusting to watch. Yeah, I don't like, know this. And, and, then, and then you get to the third one, and the third one, my understanding was with the third one, he straight up told uh, whatever studio made that, those movies, I forgot. Is that, that Warner? He, it might have been Warner Brothers, I don't remember, <laughs> but... I actually think it was Universal. I'm, uh, not, I'm not really sure, but he straight up told him like, "Okay, they're all the same. The they're only, all interchangeable." The only way I'll do it, I mean, they kind of are, <laughs> except for Disney, which is a unique kind of evil. The rest of them are just kind of generally evil. Disney is uniquely evil. Yeah, and that because remember, guys, uh, Winnie the Pooh is now public domain. But uh, oh, yeah, red, right. red shirt, uh, you're you're not in the clear, but. No red shirt. You're, you're. I forget what the little rhyme you, you was. Got, you got like a naked bear <laughs> running through the woods. You're fine, but as soon as you put a red shirt on there, the Disney police, uh, uh, you know, just come down from the skies and arrest you and throw you in their gulag, never to be seen again. You, Allegedly, you, you say that like it's a joke, but with the amount of resources they have behind them, I would not be surprised if that were actually to happen to somebody. It, it's it's the same prison they throw you in, like when you do something really bad at like Disney World. 
Yeah, you're sort of like, what'd you do? I scaled the wall to try to get it, to try to get in line for uh, Rise of Resistance. What did you do? <laughs> I tried to put a red shirt on a bear. <laughs> oh, oh, oh no! But but then you you have that third Hangover movie where my understanding was he basically told the studio, okay, the only way I'm going to agree to this is if you let me just do whatever I want, just complete total control, and he gave it to him. And he basically deliberately made the worst movie that he possibly could to kill the franchise. And watching Matrix, uh, the new Matrix, like had that run through my head. Like, is Lana Wachowski? Because famously, back in 2014, right when yeah, uh, right. Jupiter Ascending came out, uh, <laughs> which was a Lily, movie. Yeah, that was a movie. <laughs> Lily Wachowski just straight up said like the thought of doing another Matrix was just like disgusting specifically in this age of like sequels and prequels and reboots and all that and then Lana was a bit more like sort of ambiguous about it so I'm kind of wondering if maybe you know like Lily just decided to do the classic and not do it Lana's like well fuck this if they're gonna make me do another Matrix movie I'm just gonna kill the franchise totally last Jedi this shit (laughs) so no so it's totally ruined for everybody who comes after me who tries to make another one because you know they will yeah Yeah, you know it's kind of reminds me of Miguel de Cervantes writing a second part to Don Quixote that he never intended to write because he wrote the first one like 10-15 years before he wrote the second one and he promised to write a second one but he never liked to write sequels Mm -hmm. but the book was so popular and there was at a time where authors would just hijack other authors' IPs and just continue them. And so someone wrote a fake Don Quixote sequel, and it angered Cervantes so much that he actually wrote a second one that just tore down this fake sequel piece by piece in order to like ensure that no one could ever use his novel yeah. to continue the kind of like trends that he really hated. And I think that's kind of the really only thorough way to respond to when a big business is trying to take, you know, your property and make, like, a zombie franchise out of right, it. Right, right. Or yeah. what was that anime you guys, are ta- you guys had talked about before where it was like, oh, everyone hated the ending, so then the creator... Oh, like, Neon Genesis Evangelion? Yeah. yeah where Evangelion famously... Um, and we're talking about the original. We're not talking about the reboot, uh, just so the audience knows. But the original 26-episode TV show, for the most part straightforward mecha versus kaiju with a whole lot of uh, psychology thrown in. But then you get to the last two episodes, and the whole last two episodes basically just take place in the minds of like the three main characters. And it's basically sort of tying up all the psychological themes, but of course everybody was upset after that episode 26. We are like, well, where's the big fucking battle at the end <laughs> where the robots fight the kaiju? So then they made the movies, which were some of the trippiest shit I've ever seen come out of Japan, which is saying a lot. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah, I'm afraid to rewatch End of Evangelion. Yeah. Genuinely afraid. See, Evangelion for me, and I, I loved it when it was out, but it's one of those series where I just... I, I kind of... I, it's how I imagine a lot of people... Um, well, I, this is a bad example, but like I hear people nowadays talking about uh, what's it called, uh, Game of Thrones, and how they don't want to rewatch it from the beginning yeah. because knowing how it ends, it, it kind of takes the enjoyment out. And Monica can actually talk about Game of yeah, Thrones. Yeah, I love Game of Thrones, and it's something that I've wanted to show Nat for a long time, and it is a little, and there is that 
hesitancy towards it, but I'm not in the camp of like, oh, you've got to like skip past this because this is bad. It's like mm-hmm. I, I I want to show you, and I do have a deep love of the franchise still, even after yeah everything. Uh, I I know with Evangelion though, like for me personally, I I don't really feel that the last two episodes of the show or the movies ruined it retroactively. But I have noticed that anytime I have rewatched it, I just stop after episode 24. And just <laughs> don't. And, and it's, again, it's not like. Because I respect what they were doing, what the writers were doing with, like, the psychology and then, you know, of course, the movie. Because, I mean, again, with the movie, it wasn't just because the fans were upset that they didn't get a big final battle. The series was also very successful, so the studio was like, well, what more can you give us? And they genuinely ran out of budget with the yeah. last two episodes, so there were stuff that yeah, they wanted to yeah, do. Yeah, there, there were monetary things too going on, and there, there's a whole bunch of reasons why that series ended the way that it did. But a lot of people really do genuinely consider End of Evangelion to be like sort of a middle finger to the angry fans that kind of missed the point. Yeah. Uh, of the of the finale. Yeah, and I would say like in terms of tying it back to Matrix Resurrections, like I wouldn't even say it felt angry in the way that no it, no. it, it felt very like tired and depressed like depressed thomas anderson is such a <laughs> yeah. mood it is such a big mood the duck on his head yeah. the duck on maybe, <laughs> maybe a little bit of passive aggressiveness towards the fans especially with the uh the writer's room scenes yeah oh <laughs> god well, that i'm sorry the game, yeah, the game developer scenes the game developers yeah we're like well, definitely not the writing room when people Wink. think about the matrix at bullet time <laughs> I, I, actually, I actually didn't notice uh, at first that that actress, um, the one who's like, the words that people associate with The Matrix are new and fresh. I didn't realize that was Christina Ricci at first. Oh, yeah. Until Me I saw neither. the credits. I like how she hits like a name. She's like one of the names like in the credits <laughs> afterwards, but she literally is just <laughs> there for that play, line. Didn't play any real role in the movie. It's like, wait a minute. <laughs> Where was she? What, was she in any of the Wachowski's movies after Speed Racer? I'm not sure. To I, be perfectly I don't honest. remember if she was in uh, I mean, Jupiter you, Ascending. I mean, hey, look, all I remember from Jupiter Ascending is uh, uh, What's Her Face Really Loves Dogs. Yeah. <laughs> Mila Kunis really loves dogs. Props to her for delivering that line so seriously and so genuinely that you actually believe it, as terrible as it is. I think part of the problem... It's because Channing Tatum, by the way, just for everyone knows, because Channing Tatum, as an alien, says he's closer to a dog. Yeah. But Mila Kunis says, I love dogs. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, maybe I need to watch Jupiter Ascending now. It's on some streaming service somewhere. It's in your brain. It's nightmare fuel. It it is on HBO Max, because all their stuff is Warner Brothers. Yeah. Yeah. I think part of the problem why the second and third act story falls so flat is that the first act is just like a step-by-step retread of the first movie where it kind of sort of just wastes a lot of time and doesn't lay down enough foundations for you to actually do something. Right. It's kind of why I don't really like this whole trend of reboots disguised as sequels and, you know, everything goes back to Star Wars, but this is probably my biggest gripe with The Force Awakens, whereas... Sure, you have setups and theories and all that, but at the end of the day, it's just a remake of A New Hope. No new ground is broken, and you don't have a solid foundation right. to actually make a three 
act story. So now you have to spend the second act laying that foundation. Yes, which is something I think a lot of people realize in retrospect, looking back on The Force Awakens. Because, I mean, you get to Last Jedi, and it's like, okay, well, it fucked with a lot of people's heads, but really, like, what else are you going to do? Like, because the only other option would have been to, and I'm not defending all the story choices in Last Jedi. We talked about that before. There are things in that movie that I really like, and there are things that I really don't like. But the point is, is that what, what other option was there? Basically just do a retread of Empire Strikes Back. Like, that was the logical place mm-hmm. to go. But then everybody bitched about how Force Awakens was just a retread of A New Hope. So it's like, well, if anybody complained about Force Awakens being a retread of New Hope, are you just going to fuck up with a retread of Empire Strikes Back? Like, So basically yeah. what we're telling all of you fans out there is to shut up. I mean, truly, though. <laughs> like, and... That's part of the reason why I enjoyed uh, Matrix Resurrection so much is the fact that it didn't feel like it. it uh, and uh, I know Red Letter Media called it like an anti-Ghostbusters afterlife, where instead of like a "Hey, remember this," it's more of like this just, just this tired of like we're dragging this out, uh, but uh, for fans that are going to dissect it anyway. But they kind of covered their asses where we've made fun of ourselves before you could. Yeah. Yeah, You th- this thing you hate, well, guess what? We're making fun of it right now. <laughs> we hate Here, it too. Here's the big question, and this is where I can't decide how much I love the movie or not. Or, I shouldn't say love like how much I, well, partially how much I love or hate the movie, but also how much I respect it or not, is how serious was it did Lana Wachowski actually think she was a genius by um, doing that sort of uh, meta commentary because I I mean while I do agree with everything that is said in that meta commentary it is it's not particularly clever because that's been done before like in a lot of ways Deadpool did that you know five years ago but at the same time, or is the whole thing just a joke and we're just supposed to be laughing with her as we watch Warner Brothers money burn? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I seems, like that one. <laughs> I, I like that one, too. It seems less like, you know, Cervantes trying to reassert control of his artistic vision and more like Harrison Ford getting drunk before doing the monologues of Blade Runner to just <laughs> well, deliberately I, sabotage I don't them. think he was drunk. I think it was high. Yeah. Because Harrison Ford is famously a pretty big pothead. And I think um, when because he, he's openly said that he did not want to do the narration, he thought it was a bad decision. But you know, he's a professional actor, so he's going to go do it. So I think he probably smoked up a little bit to relax himself, and then he went in there, and then that's how you get um, the quality of narration that you ended up with. So I see. I think you're both wrong. I think this is more akin to Harrison Ford coming back in Episode Seven and. To a lesser extent, episode nine, where it's like I'm only coming back so you can kill me because I hate this character, <laughs> yeah. and I'm also so only coming back if you give me a lot of money to just be here for five minutes. Yeah, that I think it's a lot more of that where it's like I'm only coming back, but I'm gonna, I am going to make, I'm gonna make you suffer in, in that aspect I, by deliberately calling you out. And, and, and that is another question: like, did Lana Wachowski have? Uh, caveat similar to uh, Tom Green or Todd Phillips or uh, Jill Dante where she was like okay I'm, I'll do it but I want complete creative control because secretly I'm just gonna you know fuck this franchise over but 
like, um, did she do that, or did Warner Bros. just let her? Like, I, I, I don't know. Like, I, I don't understand. I'm trying to figure out what the... Because th that, that's the thing, is, like, it, even with the meta commentary in the movie, also just looking at the movie meta itself is the interesting part of it, where it's like, are we just supposed to be laughing at this? And just the fact that it exists. I don't know if laughing is necessarily the point, is is just kind of drawing attention because there was almost a cathartic aspect of seeing this like after Ghost, so close to Ghostbusters Afterlife where it was very much like a, hey kids, remember all this? Mm -hmm. Well, and also with Ghostbusters Afterlife being a very clear uh, foundation for a sort of reboot of the Ghostbusters franchise where now they can go off and they can make all sorts of movies with those kids. They can even do what other people have talked about, like, you know, they can franchise the Ghostbusters and have different teams of Ghostbusters now. Uh, I, and from what I understand, that movie has done very well, uh, both with the fans and at the box office, so I'm sure Sony is, you know, already got plans in motion to follow that up. Yeah, I mean, I think it made about as much uh, money as 2016, and that didn't come out not, during not the pandemic. Fraction of a budget, but and it yeah. also, but it also didn't cut. But I mean, like 2016 was insanely expensive relative to the kind of movie it was. Yeah. And, uh, but that also didn't come out during a pandemic. Was also the yeah. point where it's like that's another thing where it was even just by basically being in the same ballpark, it was already more successful. Well, and also the fact that 2016 came out after almost 30 years of waiting. Yeah. So there was a lot of hype for it, whereas this comes out five years after a massive bomb and. I think a lot of people were already skeptical on it anyways, so the fact that it did as well as I mean, we didn't really like it, but, yeah. you know, the fact that it did as well as it did, I mean, I guess... See, the know, first two-thirds of that is yes, fine. The, <laughs> the first two-thirds are a fine movie, and it's only with the third act that it really... The, th the third act is, hey, have you seen Ghostbusters? <laughs> have you seen the first one? <laughs> you want to see it again? <laughs> oh, you haven't seen Ghostbusters? So, so, Ghostbusters, well, then let us show it to you. <laughs> yeah, it's almost scene for scene. Yeah. I mean... I mean, yeah, that's kind of exactly what I'm talking about. It's like, if I wanted that, I would just rewatch the original movies like I do all the but time. Or you could just project it on the back. They can't Project it on the wall. Yeah. <laughs> showing Ghostbusters again. You could project the scene on the wall, though. <laughs> <laughs> or just cut to the, the yeah. actual scene from the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I... There was a part of me that just loved that because it was just very much like because there's so much of this retreading and retreading that we've seen within the last like uh, decade of of these reboots and re sequels and remakes and whatnot. Where and some just, of it's good, some of it's not. Yeah, uh, I and mean, you, you got stuff like uh, Fury Road, which was amazing. Yes. Oh yeah. And just the part where it's like instead of just retreading the plot and everyone being like, oh my god, you're just retreading the plot. Let's just fucking show it to you side by side. Oh, yeah. are we supposed to say fuck? I'm sorry. Oh yeah, <laughs> no, we can, say, we, can say, we can say all the swears. Okay. Oh good. Yes, like fart. <laughs> Definitely fart. <laughs> I, mean, I, think we've, I think we've probably said fucking Zack Snyder. <laughs> oh no, we're, we're not going to drag into Zack Snyder. we got to keep things on. on That's true. <laughs> we don't have infinite time. No. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, um, I mean, I enjoyed it. But I enjoyed it for its just for its balls. Yeah, yeah. That, for the balls that it had in its first act, and yeah, it is. I don't think we've ever laughed at as loudly yeah. at a movie. Yeah, at a movie that isn't intentionally a comedy, but it's intentionally being funny. 
I don't know. I mean, like, you get that scene. The funniest scene to me, Chad. honestly. No, Chad. not even that. That's such a meme name to give the husband, though. But no, well, the funniest scene for me. Well, name, though. Yeah, and, and also the fact that it's being played by uh, Keanu Reeves' stunt double. Who, who then directed him in John Wick. Yeah. Speaking of which, it's really weird that you have a movie that involves both of those guys and just has absolutely no knowledge of, like, realistic gunplay and gun mechanics that's, at all. Like, people shooting entire how, magazines at each other point blank yeah, and not how, hitting anything. Well, and also just how bad the action in that movie it's is. Video, it's video game logic. Yeah. Like, oh, hey, if you don't have a magazine counter on, on screen, that means you have infinite, oh. that means you have infinite bullets. That's how that works. I don't yeah. know. It's just you know, you know, Keanu just being like a real huge, you know, aficionado of guns and yeah. really knowledgeable and enthusiastic about them. You think that he would be like, can we at least try to make them act like real guns? Like that would probably give him a bit of a pet peeve. I don't know. Well, that's the other thing. Like, if this whole thing was Lana Wachowski trolling, like how in on it were the actors? Well, that's part of the weird dichotomy of the the message of this movie. Because on the one hand, yes, there is a very big meta middle finger to uh, Warner Brothers. But on the same note, there's that interview that she gave where she had yeah, talked about, about her parents, yeah, and, her, yeah. losing her mm-hmm. parents, and like how it was a comfort to come back to these familiar characters and dealing with her grief that way. Mm-hmm. So there's this weird dichotomy of uh, working through that grief and uh, loving these characters, but also saying fuck you to these characters. So, so basically she had a $200 million therapy session on <laughs> Warner Brothers Bill. No, she had a $200 million uh, Festivus celebration. <laughs> no, I mean, I think that, I think the answer obviously with this is somewhere in between. Yeah. Where it's she, you know, where it was, I have the, I have this thing and I want it and they've been bugging me about this and bugging me about this and Maybe she didn't want to do it, but there was a part of her that was like, but, you know, if I ever have a story, maybe I'll come back. But And that's why she's more vague. But it was like, I'm not going to do this. And then just with her parents passing, where it was like, it was just kind of like that, like, you know what, I'm coming back because I need this, but I'm doing this on my own terms, mm-hmm. and I will say what I want to say. And where there's that, like, there's that, like, righteous indignation, but there is also that I'm poking fun at you, because of how much you've bugged me about mm-hmm. this, but I'm still doing this because I need this. And there are some pretty sincere ideas that she expresses, not just the ability to bring back Neo and Trinity in a yeah. way that she can't for her parents, but I mean, also Neil Patrick Harris's whole speech in the yeah. middle of the movie is really on point. Or at yeah. the end of the movie, too. Yeah. Like, basically everything Neil Patrick Harris says throughout the movie is really on point and is really like the crux of the entire film. It's, yeah. it's It was really nice just in general to see him on screen, because I don't think he's really done all that much in the last, like, five or so years. Uh, I mean, he's you know, just been doing, like, How I Met Your Mother, and he was in Gone Girl. Um, but yeah, yeah, he hasn't been much on, like, on the big screen. Yeah, and he is, I, I he is a delight. The last thing I saw him in that was on the big screen was, uh, like, whatever the last Harold and Kumar movie was. Oh, oh God, that's right. He was in that. One? That's yeah. right, he was in that where, where he was, you know, where we found out that he was definitely straight. <laughs> <laughs> and the whole gay thing was just to get closer to women. 
I remember that now. Can we just get a Starship Troopers movie about his character? Yes. <laughs> Can we just get another Starship Troopers movie? <laughs> Please, honestly. Yeah. Well, I mean, there have been sequels to that, but they... They're, like, animated? There was one at AMC a few years ago. There, there were about yeah, two live-action ones that were, like, straight-to-video, and then there were some animated ones. But I, I haven't seen any of them. From what I understand, they don't have quite the satirical edge that the original does. Well, yeah. No, I did watch clips of, like, the animated one on Mars, I mm-hmm. think, that we had it at as, as a Fathom event, and it didn't really have much satire. It seemed kind of more like just a... Like, almost like a Halo movie, more like. yeah. So it was District 9. Because <laughs> famously, famously, District 9 was supposed to be a Halo movie. And then um, Microsoft backed out of that. And so they were kind of left with like a very skeleton script. Well, they had a, no, they had also like built sets and yeah, props they, and stuff. They had sets like, and props. They were ready to go. And then Microsoft pulled the license. Yeah. And then it was like, um, well, hey, here's this book about like apartheid. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're gonna do this, mm-hmm. and that, that's what gave us District Nine. And, and then Neil Bro- Neil Blomkamp never made another movie again. For no. a second, I thought you were gonna say Neil Breen, and I was very confused. <laughs> no, Neil Breen needs to make yeah. more movies. Neil that, Breen that cannot make enough movies. Neil Breen inhabited the body of Neil Blomkamp, <laughs> and that's what gave us Champion. I think we would get something more interesting than just like five minutes of a robot. Jacking cars. You mean you mean wait no no I think you mean uh, an entire movie where PlayStation fours are the hero because they're able to um, hold consciousness if you strap enough of them together. Oh God, I, <laughs> I think you forgot about that. Oh, and in case you're wondering, that was Sony that that produced that movie. If it wasn't obvious. Yeah, all I remember about that movie. Oh, that's a real full circle. Microsoft yeah. to Sony. Yeah. All I remember about that movie are then the hilarious montage of them teaching the robot how to steal cars and be a gangbanger. <laughs> was um, and this what, is an actual movie for anyone who hasn't yes, seen it, Monica. An actual movie, <laughs> and okay. it's fine that Wait, you haven't what, seen what this. Movie is this? Chappie. Chappie. Oh, oh, and, and Wolverine being super religious and oh yeah, like having really confused motivations. Like I guess because he's religious, he thinks robots are evil for some reason. <laughs> But doesn't he work? Is that at, a thing? Doesn't he work at like like some sort of like defense contractor where they're yeah, basically yeah, there was that too, utilizing he, technology. Well, right, because wasn't he building like an exosuit or something? And yeah. then the robot, like he was afraid it would, uh, they would, the contractors would buy the robot design over his exosuit design or something like that. But no, he had like some weird thing where he was super religious, and he was like. The robot is an affront to God or something. Well, yeah, like, yeah, let me get like, in my mech suit. Is that, a, <laughs> is that a thing? Uh, like, you, you have like those Christian groups who still think that, uh, like, a, a barcode is being a market beast and that sort of thing. Is there one out there that is like anti Skynet? Uh, I, I mean, I feel like Probably. being anti Skynet is generally the correct answer, but no, it's not. I'm pro Skynet. Uh, fair. I'm pro Skynet. We as a species cannot govern ourselves. I was just saying pro we John need Carter, but that's overlords a... to tell us what to do. Honestly, have... when I rewatched the first Matrix, I'm like, this Scion kind of seems like a raw deal. Like, maybe we are better off. Oh yeah, with the robot overlords oh, yeah. giving us Every the our time I watch the, the original Matrix, I am totally with Joey Pants on that. Where it's like, you know, ignorance is bliss. 
I'd rather be in the Matrix eating this fine, fine steak because as long as my brain thinks it's real, like it's real enough to me. And at least they kind of they they do address that um, in the fourth Matrix, where they actually work with robots to recreate some of those lost and eat steak, which which was something from the Animatrix because the last the last part of the Animatrix, which was uh, animated by the guy who did Aeon Flux for MTV. Um, you had a story where the humans like created their own matrix and then they capture one of the machines and they plug it into their matrix to try to convince the robots to be friends with them. Which was one of the most interesting parts of that. And like I mean shit, that could have been a whole movie wait, in and of itself. Wait, that wasn't the one that was animated by the guy who gave us Killer Beam? Oh Jesus. What? Oh yeah, I think the guy that animated that did Killer Bean, uh, one of his credits is he was uh, he was like a, a special effects guy or an animator on one of the Matrix okay. things. I don't remember which one. Well, it's very vague. I think it's like, oh yeah, a special effects guy on Matrix. It's like, okay, well <laughs> there were a hundred people who did special effects on that, so it's like produced by the same company that gave you Jason Bourne. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay. Well, that definitely means it's the same thing. Definitely. Definitely. It's like Jordan Peele slapping his name on every horror movie that comes his way. I heard oh, good yeah. things about Candyman, though. Really? You didn't I, watch it with I us? Heard, I, heard I wasn't no because I was I was teaching. I, oh, I don't yeah. do that stuff when I have to be up You're in right. like a few that was, hours. That was, that was months ago, so I didn't remember. Uh, yeah, I heard not so good things about Candyman. I liked it, but I never saw the original, so I couldn't okay. tell you yeah. if it's actually good or I just don't have the right standard to be judging it from. Okay. Or like no, it's like J.J. Abrams slapping his name on everything. Oh, yeah, because he does that, too. Yeah. It's like, oh, J.J. Abrams produced this. So it's definitely good. Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> Mark of quality there. Hey, I, I said we're not talking about Zack Snyder, okay? Oh, fine. <laughs> but but anyway, back to Zack Snyder. I mean The Matrix. I mean, whatever the hell we're talking about. 